Hello, world, and welcome back to the Morning Geekdom Podcast. As always, I am your host, Anthony Matulin, and today I am joined by Rob. On today's podcast, we discuss a film celebrating its 15th anniversary, Batman Begins. My parents deserve justice. I cannot let that pass. What are you seeking? Who means to fight injustice? But it's not who you are underneath. I am more. I will go back to Gotham and I will fight. On June 15th, justice begins with a vengeance. Guy dresses up like a bat, clearly has issues. Bobby, when I tell you that this movie is celebrating its 15th anniversary. (laughs) Yep. How do you feel about that? That's bananas. That's bananas. I remember the movie when it came out. Um, because that was the year my daughter was bo- born. It was actually the summer right. um, my daughter was born. So it's just like, I mean, the kid is 15. So 15. it just, it, it blows my mind. It blows my mind. It feels like it was yesterday, but clearly it wasn't because it was I had to look movie. at it. I had to double check that like four times because I was like, there's no way this is 15 years old. <laughs> you know, I nope. get like Lord of the Rings is almost 20 years old, right? Harry yep. Potter is almost 20. This feels like it came out. Five years ago. Yep. This feels like a movie that came out in 2012. Uh, 100%. And I, I, so I looked at it like three or four times. I'm like, <laughs> 15th anniversary. All right. And then I looked at IMDb. It came out in when? 2000. Okay. 2005. It came out the same time as Superman Returns, which again, that movie feels like it came out a billion years ago. Did it? Returns? Yeah. Because I had two posters. I had Batman Returns. I'm sorry. Excuse me. Uh, Superman Returns and Batman Begins right next to each other, and yeah. that means I had vague kind of flating interest in it, so it's yeah, got to yeah. be... Superman Returns seems so much older than this. Right! Like, that seems like a lifetime ago. Superman Returns. 2006. You could... T- Jesus Christ. You could have told me that movie came out in 1998, and I'd be like, yeah, that sounds right. Yep. Yep. That was... Holy post- shit. Be- because that whole thing was... Brian Singer directed that movie instead of doing X-Men 3. Right. So X-Men 3 and then this nonsense all came out all at the same time. What an interesting idea if we would have got Justice League with Brandon Routh and Christian Bale. <laughs> yep. I'd probably could for that. And we could have thrown Ryan Reynolds into the mix too because he was just like Green Lantern had to be in that neck of the woods too. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know uh, about well, that. I don't know that. if I want to do that. But <laughs> I, I didn't mind. I mean, I know Brandon Routh catches a lot of heat for that movie. Yeah. He wasn't yeah. terrible. No, he wasn't terrible. The, the what killed that movie was it couldn't let go of Christopher Reeve, and the, it was an homage to him. It felt like, and it just didn't get its own. It didn't find its own way. Yeah, the direction was more of a problem than the acting, and I didn't sure. care for Kate Bosworth. Too oh, much she in that movie. sucked in it. She was yeah. terrible in it. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, 2005, as we mentioned, somehow this came out 15 years ago. <laughs> Obviously, directed by Christopher Nolan. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna hit you with the synopsis because. I really don't like this one. Oh. So the synopsis. After training with his mentor, Batman begins his fight to free crime-ridden Gotham City from from corruption. Excuse me. (laughs) I don't like the fact that it it has the title in the synopsis. Yeah, that was a nice little, like, that's like Luke Skywalker at the end of Star Wars saying, like, oh, these Star Wars. Like, it becomes that. (laughs) It's just, it's forced in there, but whatever. That's fine. That's fine. I've, so reading it, though. 
So Batman begins his fight to free crime-ridden Gotham City from corruption. I read that as this movie is supposed to be him beginning, like beginning to fight, where I think of it as Batman completely his beginnings. Right. But this makes which is what it's supposed to be. Right, but this just doesn't. I don't know. This just doesn't sound right. Well, I think it doesn't sound right because it 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 brings somebody else into it besides Batman, like to yeah. go. So Batman's mentor, blah blah, whatever it was instructor, professor, teacher, mentor. What, what they say, yeah, mentor. mentor. Um, I think that's probably leading with that is probably what throws everything off. I don't know. There's yeah, man, but it's weird. The, but you know, again, it's it, in this particular movie. If if I can argue that description just a little bit, sure. Um, I think that's where it does throw it off because you know when we think about Batman, we don't we you know we have our kind of vision of what it is, but we we forget to realize that there were like teachers along the way, yeah. and in a very kind of real sense, that's really what made this movie so unique was its base in reality. So you know the fact that they even led with that, like oh yes, he, this is how he's kind of beginning his training and beginning the thought of being Batman and blah blah blah. blah. I think all that works. So it, maybe it does kind of go along with the uh, style of the movie. True. That's true. I don't think the 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 synopsis is wrong. Mm. Just wasn't sexy. I just don't like it. That's fine. <laughs> it's just it's it's very simplistic. I also don't like that the title of the film is in it. It just feels it's it, we know who Batman already is. Like if you're going into this movie, you're not reading the synopsis to see what this movie is about. <laughs> so I want maybe a little nuance in it. You know, something sure. a little different. Maybe a little different. Yeah. The Dark Knight returns, but this time we figure out where he got his pants. Like, something like something. that. Yeah, 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 exactly. You should have written that, where he got his pants. Which, did we ever get an answer? <laughs> Do we get an answer where he gets his pants? I guess from he, Lucius, right? Yeah, Lucius gives us his pants, his Novex yeah. pants. Yeah, his pants, okay. All right, budget of $150 million. Okay. Nice. Gross, 373 Not bad. Really? Not bad, no. Low, feels low. low. Yeah, feels low. But not bad. No, not bad. But we got to remember, it. this is pre-Marvel, right? This is pre-big, still big comic book movies in the 2000s. Yeah, we have Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2. Uh, we have the X-Men movies. Yep. And, you know, this is this is our, this is is our the follow-up to Batman and Robin. So, like... <laughs> sure. And this is a rel- still a relatively unknown um, Christopher Nolan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, before this is what? Just Memento, no? Prestige? Isn't Prestige, prestige before this yeah. as well? Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a couple before this, but it's not... He's not, you know, Inception. He's right. not Dunkirk. He's not Dark Knight. Um, he's he's a, still a relatively unknown director at this sure. point. And, and so, a, a weird choice to direct a flagship movie like this. Like, a lot you, of faith went into him. Yeah, and you have a lead actor who's pretty... Pretty much unknown as well. He's yep. not. I mean, Christian Bale at this point is not an, a, a household name. American Psycho, right? Newsies. Yep. Newsies. He's got some shit, but he's got. It's not somebody like I didn't know a ton about Christian Bale when this movie came out. No, no. Empire in the Sun is it Empire in the Sun that he's the little boy that Spielberg yes. movie. It is. Yep. 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 And then he's also in the one with McConaughey where they're hunting dragons. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Rain yeah. of Fire. Rain of Fire. Not a terrible movie. It's not a terrible movie. <laughs> um, I saw that so in the theater. That's I cool. think for everything we're talking about, not a bad. I mean, three seventy three is not bad. No, not at all. No, and and there was I I read it kind of like in passing. It was like a it was a ridiculous marketing budget too. It was like a hundred million dollar marketing budget. 
It's not surprising. But it was just like, and I, I remember when that movie came out, or at least when the promos came out. And again, we're 2005. It's not like it's ancient history. Like that was like Kinda. internet existed. But I don't remember that that movie in my brain came out of the blue. Like all of a sudden it was just like, oh, we're getting a Batman movie? Like it was one of those. So I remember hearing about it, but I also remember not like you. I don't really remember. There's not that standout trailer. Right. There wasn't the trailer that you were like, holy shit, I got to see this movie. So I went back and I like to do this occasionally. And plus I need to look at uh, the trailers for the intro. Um, I went back and... The trailers for this movie, especially the TV spots, not good. <laughs> like, nothing is going on. What I remember from this movie is the poster, and it's the poster yep. you have. Yep. And I'm going to talk about it a little bit in, in the pod at some point, but it's it's when you just have the silhouette of Batman from the profile, and he's standing on you know what appears to be like a pillar or something on a, on a building. And that's what got you, because for me, that was a striking image. And I was like, okay, this isn't Batman and Robin. Right. This isn't Batman Forever. This has a different feel right off the bat. It looked like an independent movie. It looked like it was a fake when I, when I saw that poster. It didn't look yeah. like it was just like they're really going to – and like why is the sky orange? Like the, that, that whole kind of um, aesthetic that went along with it just didn't feel like that that was the way they were going to go. Sure. But it worked. It worked great, especially following up with the Batman and Robin poster campaign that it was just their giant heads, like yeah. super clear. And it was like yeah. every single person in the movie. Uh, too much. Yeah, way too much. And bat nipples and Alicia bat Silverstone. Bat yeah, crotches. Man. Yeah, I'm not. I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> okay, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. Um, 84% critic, right, yeah. on Rotten Tomatoes. What do you think you got on audience? It's got to be in the 90s. I think the audience has to be nice to this one. For sure. 94. Nice. We'll take it. But if nice. I remember right, it wasn't very high on your IMDb list. It's in there, though. Yeah. It's in the top 250. It's like in the it's hundreds. In the t- uh, I think it was in the 200s. Oh, geez. Okay. Yeah. But, I mean, Iron Man's not in that list. Oh, that's crazy. That's it's crazy. Cr- we have that conversation the last yeah. episode yeah. on how Jaws isn't in that list. Also, bananas. E.T.? Not in that list. E.T.'s not on that list? I don't I remember E.T. being on the list. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> um, okay, how familiar familiar are you with the potential that didn't happen, the, the, the Darren Ornofsky, uh Batman that was potentially going to happen prior to this one? How familiar Super are you into with it. that? Pretty, okay. pretty familiar, because that whole thing was Darren Aronofsky did a movie called Pie, which I think we've talked about it at least some point, Sure. Um, that I used to teach that movie in my class. So I know that movie in and out, including the script. Okay. So, And his follow-up to that was Requiem for a Dream, which I do not like at all. <laughs> it just was not a movie for me. Sure. So just based on those two movies alone, which would have, like, that, the decision to kind of put him on was really kind of based on those two. Like, right. I cannot even fathom what that sucker would look like. Um, but then I remember reading into, and you probably know it better than me, of like who the main casting was. So there's two rumors, right? There's who the studio wanted at that point. And this is really from what I was reading, really stopped this project dead mm. in its tracks. So Arnofsky wanted Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, huh. The studio wanted Freddie Prince Jr. <laughs> 
that just seems silly. Now, Rob, <laughs> uh-huh. I don't know how I can explain this any more than just saying this. He would have been the worst fucking Batman. Yeah. Yes. And that movie, there's there's no chance. I don't care who the director is, writer. There's no chance that movie's good. No, no, no. Zero with Freddie Prince Jr. Yeah, no. That's it. It's they, if they brought Freddie Prince Jr. in, it would have been like Batman Triumphant, which was supposed to be that fifth Tim Burton, you know, esque right. timeline. Like as a goof and like as stupid as that movie was going to be, maybe you throw him in that one. But there's no way. No offense, Freddie Prince Jr. But like, no way. No, it's okay. It's okay. You yeah. can be offensive. He's terrible. <laughs> but not uh... only is he terrible for I. When when you think of Batman, right? You think of who's being cast. You have to see them obviously as Bruce Wayne, yep, and as Batman, right? That sounds ridiculous, but I think that's a. It doesn't. It's not always. They don't always get that right. No, no. You got to look right in the cowl. You got to look right with like a normal face. Like it's all about shape of face, shape of lips, and just like how stupid is your face? Yes, shape of face, your voice. But then when you're Bruce Wayne. That's super important. To me, yeah. it, it makes or breaks the character because there's a lot of people who could be Batman. There's not a whole lot of uh, – there's not a lot going on when you're Batman, right? There's the same. There, there's a lot of the same stuff, but it's mostly physicality. Right. When you're Bruce Wayne, you're selling the character. Yeah, and yeah. Freddie Prince Jr. is not doing that. No, he's too goofy and his head kind of wobbles too much. Like you need like an edge to him or like a <laughs> darkness to him or even just like – a little bit of like threatening to him, but he's like, he's Fred from Scooby-Doo, <laughs> which yeah. was the role he yeah. was born to play, which is fine. He, which is fine. It's just, yeah. there's nothing, like you said, there's nothing threatening. There's nothing that would be believable about him as a billionaire playboy that you can't, yeah, he at that point was a good looking white dude. Yep. But like, besides <laughs> that, what am I getting? You're getting nothing. Nothing. But, the one I heard for this one was um, the studio was pushing Ashton Kutcher. So he's not on the list that I have. Oh, for this Batman? Yeah, for that's this the, Batman. that was the let, little let, bit that I was reading. Let me go through the list that I have. Okay. So Henry Cavill, which I find interesting because Henry Cavill's not anybody at that point. Nope, he's just a guy. Okay. Uh, Billy Crudup, which yep. again, he's, he's, he's got more chops than like Freddie Prince Jr., but he's kind of in the Freddie Prince Jr. like archetype a little bit. Yeah, and he was uh, like, and he was fine with as Doctor Manhattan, but like he was yeah, giant and blue. Yeah. yeah, with a penis. Yeah, uh, Hugh Dancy, who Hugh Dancy is small and British, mm-hmm. so I, I can't see it. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, again, goofy I'm face. Not, uh, Gyllenhaal is a great actor. Mm-hmm. I'm not in. I'm not in. Too close to Tobey Maguire, too. Yep. Joshua Jackson. Again, eh. like he's okay, but he falls into the Freddie Prince Jr. Yeah. Heath Ledger. Yeah. So Ledger is an interesting thought of it, mm-hmm. and at that point, you know, I know Heath Ledger from like Knight's Tale, uh, Patriot, from from stuff like that. I can see him in that role, I guess. But he's also he doesn't play young and older. Yeah. Yeah, you he know? plays. Yeah, he plays young, like kind of like carefree, kind of whatever, yes, or like yes. dark and grimy. And yeah, sure. There's no, yeah, there's no, there's no middle ground. Yeah, David Boreanaz. Nope. Dave. I don't no, think no, David Boreanaz right? has the chops. Yeah, no. from Bones and from Buffy. And then the one that I find interesting is Killian Murphy, who obviously went on to play yeah. Scarecrow. Mm-hmm. That's interesting to me. But the frame isn't there. The frame's not there, 
But in in 2005 or 2003, when this was in production or pre super pre production or just in development, I don't think it's I don't think it works. But right. thinking of him now after Peaky Blinders, yeah, he can be threatening. Oh yeah. Yeah, but in a different way. But again, you, you want to talk about like how your face looks and how your face would look in that mask. Yeah. His eyes are so bright and sunken in, it would sure. just, it would look almost like a caricature. So like if you put him in the suit, even if he bulks up a little bit, yeah, that's just, that's that's a weird choice. He's got the chops to do it. But there was, you know, if you go back to da- Darren Aronofsky thing and, you know, let's say he picked Joaquin Phoenix like in my head, Batman's not in like a rubber suit and he's not like, you know, just kind of like yucking it up when Morgan Freeman, like picking up his like weapons. This is a guy who like puts on like a regular costume and everything is more like Alex Ross, like painted, like everything's like real cloth. Yeah. Like it feels like that more granular than this movie would ever be. So maybe he would have been a better choice in something that looked like that. So if I, if, Joaquin Phoenix is obviously out of this group, probably the most chops, right? Yeah. But I don't know that I can see him. I could see him as Bruce Wayne. Mm -hmm. Kind of. I can't see him as Batman. No. He doesn't have that stature. Nope. Nope. You got to be big. Even as Joker, he lost so much weight to be Joker. That makes sense. He doesn't have like the big brooding like Henry Cavill. Right. You know, that's one of the reasons I don't love Ben Affleck in his portrayal of Batman, but he gets both of those right. Yeah. He gets Bruce Wayne right, and he looks right in the suit. You know, I heard this once. It was, there was a, a, a concept of like, all right, what is Batman supposed to look or What's Bruce Wayne supposed to look like? And if like, if a man has to dress up to be threatening, then he really mm-hmm. should be a fairly kind of like non-threatening person. But in our heads, Batman over the years especially has just kind of become this like – and I think I brought this up when we were talking about Michael Keaton Batman. Is like you're – like what what does that person look like? So in the argument of Joaquin Phoenix and Cillian Murphy, I mean maybe that does make sense. Like sure, he doesn't look great as like a ninja. <laughs> sure. But he needs the wings and the helmet and like the whole bit in order to look threatening. So again, I think you're – you're maybe Christopher Nolan was kind of doing a little give and take there with um, yeah. with bringing in Christian Bale, especially because Christian well, Bale was already ripped from American Psycho. Um, yeah, but then he had to lose all that weight for the mechanic, machinist, machinist. Christian Bale is perfect. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. I don't have a problem with him. I have a little, you know, like a lot of people maybe problems with his voice mm-hmm. when he's Batman, but that's I can deal with that. Sure. Um, he fits both perfect because he plays the concerned Bruce Wayne, the, you know, uh, selfless Bruce Wayne. And then he plays the I'm drunk at a uh, at a birthday party, Bruce Wayne, or I'm hanging out with with women and I'm going to act like I'm going to go swimming in the pool. But he pulls off all the dimensions of, of Bruce sure. like he should. And then obviously he pulls off Batman. I don't know that I agree with what you're saying, though, in in terms of. You need someone smaller in stature because to put the suit on, they have to be intimidating. The right. suit is just to portray fear. Sure. It has nothing to do with stature. At least how that's how I interpret Batman. I always interpret Batman as he's using fear as a way to you know, get the one up on the bad guys. So it's like if you're if you're like a big brooding guy, you don't necessarily need that little element. But if you're kind of this, you know, non threatening, you know, businessman that I think maybe sure. 
Batman was originally designed with, you need that kind of like spooky ooky element to it just to make it look like you're a little bit much. But again, in our heads, yeah. in superhero land, um, that's not the case. But the one I mean, I thing th- about Christian Bale besides the voice, which the voice isn't that bad in this movie. He does downplay no. the voice except for like one or two scenes. The thing that doesn't work is he's got... Well, it's two things because I just I just watched it a little while ago. I couldn't stop staring at it. He's got the wart on his eye that I just yep. can't get past. Well, it's on his nose. That's like in the vi- eye. It's in the vision, right? Like vision it's, path. It's yeah, like right. It's, it's right. It's not. You're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. But it's just I just want to sit there and like pluck the damn thing out. Like you're a billionaire. Take the damn thing off. And then the <laughs> other thing is there's something with his lips because again because you're Batman you only got so much stuff to stare at so you're really staring at his lips. And there is, like, a pointiness to the bottom part of his lips. He always looks like he's got lip gloss on. But his lip pouts out <laughs> to a point. And I just sit there and I stare. It was the same thing with with um, Val Kilmer. With, like, these big, ridiculous lips. So it's just, like, I'm just focusing on that. So, like, instead of, like, threatening, it's like, oh, what kind of lipstick do you have on? Is that Bert, Is that Bert's bees? So, like, that's... <laughs> I'm getting distracted by that. So... Let's uh, right off the bat. So we've had the conversation multiple times. You and I, we've had it on the pod. Who's your Batman? It's Michael Keaton every time oh, yeah. for you. I yep. get it. For me, if I can pick any Batman, it's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be uh, Kevin Conroy, right? Oh, yeah. Sure. But if I if I have to go films, I'm starting to lean more towards Christian Bale than Keaton. Oh. And the only reason being is Christian Bale in the suit is more believable than Keaton in the suit. Sure. Sure. They... But I But I want to ask you a question right off the bat, okay? Sure. We've had the conversation, but I don't think we've ever had the conversation about Bruce Wayne himself. It's mm-hmm. always just Batman. Who is your favorite Bruce Wayne? Great question. And they're all so, so different. Oh, so they're unbelievably different. So yeah. my my go-to was always um Kilmer always, like, he was a better Batman than he was a Bruce Wayne. There was just something about his face that just didn't kind of work. But believe it or not, I really think George Clooney was a better Bruce Wayne. There's, like, a certain thing about his, like, swagger and his face and his kind of a general attitude. So I always thought his Bruce Wayne was pretty good. I thought his Batman sucked, but his, like, Bruce Wayne was pretty good. Um, But, you know, if we're kind of looking through the scope of Batman... Yeah. Right now, you know, besides, I, again, my heart belongs to Keaton. I just can't get out of it. And Christian Bale does a great job, but I'm, I'm like Ben Affleck. I'm kind of warming up to Ben Affleck as Bruce Wayne. <laughs> yeah. So before watching this movie, because I haven't watched this movie from start to finish in probably four or five years, um, watched it last night. I would tell you that it's Keaton. No doubt. Yep. Like, no problem. It's Michael Keaton. But watching it and trying to be more critical this time of this one specifically, I think it might be for me Christian Bale now. Ah. And the reason being is he does some things in this that we don't really get to see Keaton do very much. Like one of my big pet peeves, and this is the reason I like Conroy so much, and it could be because Kevin Conroy had, what, four seasons Yeah. Um, in the animated show. And I'm watching the animated show right now. I'm in the middle of season two. So it just happens to be like that's fresh on my mind. Keaton never got to be the detective version of Bruce Wayne. Not much, right? right? He was, oh, I have, I'm figuring out what chemicals are being used in this fucking shampoo. Right, like, here's the file. Like, oh, look, a file. Yeah. Thank you. 
Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Okay. Like an 89, what does that even mean? Like, what, mm-hmm. are you, what kind of computer are you using? Right. Christian Bale in this, I start to realize, like, he is doing some investigating. There sure. are scenes of him doing that. Right. And it starts to be that aspect of Bruce Wayne being the detective that I've never really gotten in a film. And I feel like I'm starting to get it if I'm paying closer attention in this. And that's why uh, Affleck in Batman vs. Superman, <laughs> I was okay with because of that. Right. Because he well, started, you, you started to see the, the detective version of him. Yeah. Again, that's, it's, I think that's where the comic books get it, but the movies never did because you need all that time. You know what I mean? And like with stuff like this, they just kind of like jam it a little bit too fast. And in this case, you know, it's, it's almost like Lucius Fox is doing more of some of the detective work that Batman should really mm-hmm. doing, right. uh, be doing as far as his own R&D and developing the, um, you know, the antidote for like the fear gas and all, and all right. that other stuff. But yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe that with those little bits of investigation, even in Batman Returns, again he opens up like a file folder, and it's like, oh, that's who this guy is. Yeah, so it's it, like, oh, here, Alfred, go do this for me. Here, right. okay, here's a uh, here's a file, and it's got all all the Penguin's information. But animated series again, you have all that time to kind of do all of that stuff. Sure. But Kevin yeah. Conroy, if we're just going to be on him for just one hot second, the the gift of Kevin Conroy is his his version of the Batman voice, which I think everyone has tried to do, but he's the only one that did it right. Because there's just something, he still has all of his nuance, he doesn't sound like he's straining his voice or anything ridiculous, but as soon as he switches it back over to like Bruce Wayne, like you can hear the complete difference. And I think yeah. that's just because you're dealing with a voice actor. And I think he looked at it from the perspective of a, you know, Batman is going to be more my natural voice, just maybe a little bit more aggressive. And the voice that I'm really going to make a caricature of is going to be the Bruce Wayne voice. Maybe that's why sure. it works better. Uh, it works perfect. Mm. I'm, <laughs> like I said, I'm, I'm season two midway. I can't tell you how much I still love Batman, the animated series. It's awesome. Which episode are you on? Uh, I don't remember, honestly, which episode. Because I started watching disc one of the Blu-rays. And I thought that there was only six episodes, so mm-hmm. I put in this, the next disc, and I didn't realize I had to scroll over ah. for the next grouping. So I don't remember. Obviously, the ones that I'm remembering that are that are sticking out is uh, the Joker Christmas episode, but that's sure. season one. Um, everybody, man, the, the Mr. Freeze episode, right? That's yep, great episode. That's the end all be all. Yep. Um, the two part Catwoman episode. There is the episode. Uh, you get to the Grey Ghost one yet? Grey Ghost is the end of season one. Gotcha. I lo- that's I one of my favorite episodes. Yeah. And they get yeah. Adam West to be the Grey Ghost, which I think is just this great idea. Yeah, it's so it it doesn't hold up animation style, mm-hmm. right? The animation is is rough. Uh, sure. But the 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 story and the acting yeah. is and the character development you get, and somehow I'm like super attracted to Poison Ivy. <laughs> I can't tell you why. Uh, it's weird. I can tell you why. Character. Because, again, not to be super weird, but this is like, I'm just, this is stuff that you notice. You, the body shapes of Catwoman, <laughs> Poison Ivy, and Harley sure. Quinn are very, very different. 
And the one episode that really, this sounds like I'm a super weird guy, but like it's totally, that's how they designed it. There's an episode, I don't know if you got it to it yet, that Poison Ivy is living with Harley Quinn. No, I haven't got to it. I know so, what episode you're talking about, though. Yeah, so and in that episode, they are like in their pajamas. And just the way that they draw Poison Ivy is way more like curvaceous and voluptuous. Yeah. Whereas like Harley Quinn is your kind of like standard, not standard, that's a terrible way to put it, but like your California bikini girl. So yeah, I think yeah. they Har- really kind of put their heads into that stuff. No, I agree. I mean, Poison Ivy is drawn like a pinup model. Yep. Yeah, no, I get that. All right, you want to get into these uh, these categories? Yeah, before we start getting into weird, hot, animated have, chicks. Did you yeah, see before that before we get into this? It <laughs> oh, keeps, here we go. I'm like in deep, not in deep, but I'm like deep. I redid Battlestar Galactica. I am 78 episodes in. Like I have one thing to watch left and it's like Razor. But okay. the last season I didn't have the DVD for, so I had to watch it on sci-fi. So they throw in the commercials and it's whatever. But there's a sure. Harley Quinn animated series coming out, like an R-rated yeah. animated series. I didn't know mm-hmm. that thing existed. It's, I think it's actually already out. Uh, I think it's a couple episodes. And I've heard it's really good. Oh. It's on the, and I don't, clearly on the Sci-Fi channel. I don't know, man. I, obviously, Harley Quinn was created for the animated series, correct? Yep. I don't know. I understand why she's getting so much play right now. Obviously, being played by Margot Robbie helped. Yep. I don't know that there's enough. I just watched the movie, the Birds of Prey movie. It's not good. I don't know if there's enough meat on that bone for her to be a major character. No, there's not. And that's that's what makes it so weird. It's just so many people are into her right now. She's yeah. not like she's good as your secondary character. She was a good Kind yeah. of like accompaniment to the Joker. She was a good foil yeah. to Batman occasionally, but like a whole yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I would be much in- more interested in watching a Selena Kyle uh, animated show or live action show to tell me about like all of her backstory. Sure. Right. I'm much more interested in that. Supposed to be a successful businesswoman, cat burglar. Like what happened with your parents? Harley Quinn is just like a again a caricature of. Of this male fantasy almost. Yep. And, you know, an attractive psychiatrist goes crazy, ride or die for her dude. I get it. <laughs> but, like, I don't know that I... There's not enough, like, character to care about, I guess. No. And that sounds no. terrible to say. But I would feel the same way about, like, Robin. I don't want to watch a standalone Robin show. <laughs> you know? This goes back to... Um, uh, what do you call it? Teen Titans Go! So, sure. like, Teen Titans go, what makes it work, here's all your secondary characters that nobody cares about. But the absurdity of the animation and the storyline, like, make it yeah. way more interesting than it would ever be as, like, a play-it-straight, like, Robin. You have, like, this psychopath Robin. And they're yeah. doing that same thing with Thundercats, and that breaks my heart. And, you know, now that we're off too much on a tangent. But maybe that's what they're coming from for this animated series. Like, if they do it ridiculous enough, then... Like, whatever. But what it looks like is they actually have Justice League characters in it, like, playing it straight. I believe so, yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, I haven't seen it. I've, I heard it was coming out. It was at Comic-Con when you and I were there. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know anything about it. I thought it had already come out. I could be mistaken. I don't know anything. Good research. Like, zero. Yeah. It's good. Something, something yeah. for us to look into. I mean, I, I'll try it out. Yeah. I'm not opposed to trying it out. I'm down to watch anything Batman-related. Sure. I'm just saying my instinct is that character. And I thought like seeing uh, 
Suicide Squad, I, I enjoyed Margot Robbie's portrayal of Harley Quinn, and I was excited about Birds of Prey. And then watching it, it's just there's not enough there. Nope. There's just not. Nope. But all right. Most on the other watched, hand, whoa. Battlestar Galactica. Once you're back into it, is spectacular. It is. You just have to ride out that miniseries and get what. Like once you're back into it, it is episode, 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 episode. It is. I started the miniseries two weeks ago, and again, it is quarantine, so I got plenty of time on my hands. But I haven't seen my family sure. in two weeks because I'm watching Battlestar Galactica. So, again, couldn't recommend it enough. That I'm I'm done with Battlestar Galactica, but I'm so into am- it right now. I'm going to stick with the Batman animated series. We're good right now. All right, let's get into these scenes. You got it. Let's go. Most watchable scene. Got it. For me, the most watchable scene doesn't come out until 20 minutes into the movie, maybe. So it's uh, when Bruce sets out to meet the League of Shadows. Yep. At that point, you've already he's already met Ra's al Ghul or, or Descartes at that point. He's in jail. That great scene about him fighting with the inmates, but he's not actually worried about them. He's using them for training. Past that, right when he gets all the way to meeting the League of Shadows, you find out who Ra's al Ghul is, kind of what their ideology is. All the way, to me, it almost feels like it's all the way into, you know, him training with Ducard, falling through the lake, all of that. And the reason I like this scene so much, and it's multiple scenes, is you get the scope of the movie. Yep. Right? This isn't, you get the scope and the feel. This isn't Tim Burton. This isn't. You know, it's not Batman and Robin. It's not Batman Forever. It's not Joel Schumacher. Like, you understand this is set in realism. He's not going to have bat nipples. <laughs> like, you understand what we're seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, the next scene is, and I, I didn't remember that I liked this scene as much as I did, and I like it because of Carmine Falcone's monologue, and it's when Bruce confronts Falcone in the little, like, bar. Sure. I came here to show you that not everyone in Gotham's afraid of you. Only those who know me, kid. Look around you. You'll see two councilmen, a union official, a couple off-duty cops, and a judge. Now, I wouldn't have a second's hesitation in blowing your head off right here and right now in front of them. Now, that's power you can't buy. That's the power of fear. I'm not afraid of you. Because you think you got nothing to lose. But you haven't thought it through. You haven't thought about your lady friend down in the DA's office. You haven't thought about your old butler. Bang! People from your world have so much to lose. Now you think, because your mommy and your daddy got shot, you know about the ugly side of life, but you don't. You've never tasted desperate. You're, uh, you're Bruce Wayne, the Prince of Gotham. You'd have to go a thousand miles to meet someone who didn't know your name. So don't, don't come down here with your anger, trying to prove something to yourself. This is a world you never understand, and you always fear. But you don't understand. And I love that monologue. Uh, the next scene is when Bruce is becoming Batman. So it's like him going yep. through. He's talking to Lucius. He's getting all the gear. He's finding out who he wants to be. He, this whole idea of Batman, he's putting it all together. Uh, the next scene is the shipping container scene and the reveal of him. So the it's the sure. first time you see him in the in the outfit and you hear the great line and Michael Keaton's got the I'm Batman line. Yep. What are you man? I'm Batman. And for me, Bruce Wayne, Christian Bale has that same line in this movie, but I like the 
the henchman is screaming, where are you? Mm-hmm. And he just says, here. And he's behind here. him. Yeah, sure. he takes him up. I love that scene so much. <laughs> uh, and then you have the you know, kind of the introduction to the bat symbol, right? In that scene a little bit? Yep. He's, he's, he, uh, that puts he straps Falcone. him to the thing? Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then my final scene, final most watchable scene, is Batman versus Crane. So Batman versus, versus uh, Scarecrow. And yep. then the Batmobile chase. So that's the introduction to the Batmobile. You see the Batmobile for the first time. Right. But you see Scarecrow for the first time kind of in... You see him in his full-fledged, like, what he looks like. Terrifying. Like he's got cronies and he's got his mask on. Yeah, and yeah, like yeah, yeah. They're yeah, yeah. doing you, something. You see him the whole time. And the whole idea that, that there's a scene, and it could just be because I'm watching the animated series... In that scene, you hear the henchman talking behind Killian Murphy, mm-hmm. Crane, and you hear him saying, is it true he can fly? Like, I heard he could fly. And it's got that kind of animated, you know, they're just talking about all these rumors that they've heard about this this Batman, right? Yep. And then he uses the bats, which I've never seen in any of the Batman movies, never seen it in the animated show. He uses the bats as, like, weapons Yep. to get out of Arkham Asylum at that point. Yep. And then now, you have it, it pushes into that epic like Batmobile scene. Sure. Chase. You were gonna say. I not to correct you, but Batman has used bats before as a weapon. And it was Batman Returns at the end of Batman Returns, when the bats come out of the bat ski and then surround the penguin. Okay, you're right. Remember you're that? Right. And then he yes. goes. Yep, 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 so yep. just 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 making a minor correction there. Okay, sorry. In Batman Returns, <laughs> Penguin uses bats as a weapon. Yep. He kills oh, yeah. the Snow Queen, right? The, the Ice Princess queen. or whatever it is. <laughs> Ice Princess, I think it's called. Whatever. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I have two questions for you before we pick, before you can tell me what your scenes are, if you have any additions. Sure. I have two questions about that scene, the Batmobile chase. Got it. Is the Tumblr the best Batmobile? No, Bat- Keaton's Batmobile is the best Batmobile, in my humble opinion. Okay. Yeah, and how I many just, cops do you think died chasing him? <laughs> All of them? Definitely the Every one that one? ran over the mine and it flipped over five times. Correct. Like for somebody who was helping the cops, he killed about 20 of them. Yeah, but, correct. Yeah. <laughs> the, okay. There's something about this Batmobile. And like I remember when I first saw it. Like I think I saw it in a magazine. I'm like, that's not the fucking Batmobile. But that was the fucking Batmobile. There's like, And I thought about it as I was watching this thing. It doesn't scream Batmobile. It screams like army utility vehicle. Sure. Like the Keaton Batmobile screamed like Batmobile. Like that's just kind of what it is. And to bring it back to the animated series, that one nailed the Batmobile as well. Like, but I think that's what we were getting because we just saw them in the in the uh, Affleck movies. Is we're getting these tank Batmobiles. They need to be a little sexier. But I think the problem is that these are set in realism, and sure. if you're going to have something that can withstand, you know, all of the damage the Batmobile has, it's got to look right. like the Tumbler. Keaton's Batmobile. Op- Keaton's Batmobile the- is sexy. Yeah. Oh yeah. But it's not functional. <laughs> no. Well, it has little bombs on it and has the little um, grappling hook on the side. Or you get Clooney's Batmobile that has, like, the open cockpit. (laughs) Yeah, with, like, the exoskeleton around it. Uh Uh-huh, because it looks organic, man. But, yeah, so it's not my favorite. Not my favorite, but... All right, what scenes... Any scene you want to add to this? No, yeah. So, um, I will echo, of course, the, the first appearance Batman scene, the doc scene. Of course, how could you not? 
Um, I also have ninja training on the the whole thing with ninja training and and you. It, th- you're absolutely right. This is the first Batman movie that we got. That's why I love this one so much. That really took everything that was going on in the comic as far as the history of Batman and like threw it into this thing. Yeah. So the fact that he was going and getting the training from the League of Shadows and the fact that the guy that gunned the parents down's name was Joe Chill. And there was a, there, there were like a lot of like touchstones through the movie that were really kind of like calling the nerds back and be like, hey, look, we actually read Batman comic books. We know the history. But it was gorgeous. That whole sequence is beautifully shot. And that was the one thing that the other Batman movies never had was that how cinematically beautiful this movie is. And that really comes through in the ninja training. There is no scope in the other Batman movies. No. They are all painfully shot on sound stages. Yep. Yep. Oh, yeah. I love Burton. Claustrophobic. I love Burton, and I love what he did, especially in Batman Returns. Like, Mm. I love how Gotham looks, the Shrek building, everything. I love it. But there is no scope. They are only in fucking Gotham. That's it. Yep. This is a real place. We could live here. Correct. And Gotham felt real. Obviously, it's Chicago in the movie. Felt real. The test drive scene with Lucius Fox... I actually, that is a very watchable scene for me. I think it's funny. Um, there's just something about, like Morgan Freeman, I think, just it's, again, a secondary char- uh, character in the comic books. Um, you really don't hear a lot about him, but he was like, it was just like, hey, guys, like, I get it. Like, we know who Lucius Fox is. And he's just, he's a fun character. He's an enjoyable character to watch, especially in that scene. Like, he looks genuinely uncomfortable as they're, like, driving through the little um, training center, so, like, that's a big scene for me. Um, but the the most watchable scene, the scene that I go back to and that I'm, like, locked in, as ridiculous as this scene is, is the nightmare Batman scene. Oh, so, I got that coming up. I got that so coming up. The, the Scarecrow sh- gets shot in the face with his own, you know, fear serum. And then we switch back and we see what we've never seen before. Like Batman's face morphed into like a giant, like goopy drooling bat. It is yep. a beautiful moment that I'm, it becomes a moment that like, holy shit, this isn't a Batman movie. So it's, you know, again, those little things that I think Christopher Nolan made sure that were in there to really make this uniquely his. So I got to give you the most memorable scene. Besides, like, the ninja training scene, which I couldn't agree more, I'm going nightmare scene. So I agree completely with the Lucius Fox stuff. Anytime Morgan Freeman is on screen in this movie, he's having so much fun, it mm-hmm. makes me have fun. Yep. <laughs> like, they were like, Mr. Freeman, you're going to be in a Batman movie. You're not going to be in a bunch of scenes. Do whatever you want. And he was just fucking jacked to be there. <laughs> like, he's just having fun. Yep. So anytime he's in it, I'm in. I love it. Uh, I'm with you on the on the Batman, you know, real life, full size bat with shit coming out of his mouth. That's in a later. <laughs> that's in a later category for me. It's amazing. For me though, the, my favorite scene of the whole movie is the shipping container scene when you finally yeah. see what Batman looks like because you can understand like the fear he's causing, sure. right? So I love it. But I'm with you. And the you. thing, we waited an hour and like ten minutes. Yep. To see that guy in the costume, so the reveal itself was just satisfying to see it. And Perfect. with a like a nice little coda in there, 
with the dude he gave the jacket to just happens to be like eating sardines leaning on a box and like that's a ridiculous coincidence <laughs> and he's like nice coat but it was just like a nice little kind of you know it took this very tense moment and just brought it someplace else this is a movie that's very serious but didn't take itself too seriously and i think that's a good example of it that's it's a it very fun. serious movie but it's not dark knight rises right right they try to like it's got some moments between Bruce and Alfred that are lighthearted. It's got Lucius and and Bruce that are lighthearted. It has some lighthearted moments. Yep. Not jokes. No, no they're not cracking no, jokes. No, no. They're not pulling out the fucking bat visa. <laughs> right? But it's Don't got some the cave without it. Yeah, it's got some jokes. All right. <laughs> My what the fuck moment, right? I have 3 in this. So I have Liam Neeson actually being Ra's al Ghul. I didn't see that coming. I didn't realize it. I thought they got Ken Watanabe to be Ra's al Ghul, and they were like, fuck it, he's dead. Ducard, now you're taking over the League of Shadows, right? I didn't think he was dead, knew he was going to come back, but I didn't realize he was going to be Ra's al Ghul. Right. Shame on me, maybe. Uh, (laughs) When Batman gets lit on fire, (laughs) that's a rough moment, man. That's a moment Uh, where you see, like, I don't know that I've ever seen Batman get his ass whooped like that. Nope. This is pre-Bane breaking his back. It's pre-Joker you know, Joker doing whatever. I, I completely forgot. Uh, my next one uh-huh. is when Dr. Dr. Crane, the Scarecrow, sees Batman as, as Batman in his, in his you know, drugged-out moment. And like you said, you see a full-size bat with shit coming out of his mouth. <laughs> and it's not like a rubber suit. It's, it's, nope. it's terrifying. Yeah, that they put a lot of time and energy into that whole thing. And I forgot about that scene until I just watched it, and I was like, holy shit, that looks amazing. And then my last what-the-fuck moment, and it's really just because I forgot, I forgot they ended this movie with introducing the Joker. Yeah. So I'm watching, I'm like, okay, we're good, I'm done. I you know, close the laptop, and then it's like, oh, guy left his calling card. I'm like, oh, fuck, I forgot they talk about the Joker in this movie. I, can, so I don't good. know why. I completely forgot. Oh, and it was like, that was, again, you, they, he knows how to end the movies between that little piece of, just like that, see the fucking Joker, and then, like, the big, like, slam with the music, like, right before it gets to, like, the title card, so, yeah. and I think, that, I think he does that with all of the movies, all three of them, but, like, that's yeah, the no. first time you actually see the words Batman Begins in the movie is that last scene. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Uh, so, those are my four. Do you have one you wanted to add? Um, I'm going to add uh, Katie Holmes uncomfortably slapping Christian Bale in the car. Um, twice. From a, twice from a very weird angle, and I don't quite know the physics of how she did it, because she slapped him like full-handed slap, but the thing was he was looking straight, so you really can't hit somebody like that. You're more like hitting their ear, so that's a yeah. kind of like uncomfortable moment. It's like whapping, right? Like you just whap, <laughs> like whap with the back Flap, of your hand. right. You kind of do yeah, one I of don't these. Get or it. like punch him. But whatever, like I'm sure that was lovely. Uh, speaking, of Katie Holmes, um, mm, she has uncomfortable, she has uncomfortable <laughs> um, nipples showing in this movie twice, and one of which is like when she actually like passes out and they're kind of carrying her around, and it's just like oh, and then also at the end scene, she also has uncomfortable nipples coming out. Um, and the only other one that I had in there was kind of like a good scene, but a bad scene. They had Saz in it, Mr. Saz, who was a great character they introduced in Shadow of the Bat in the comics in like the 1990s. 
uh, of like the serial killer. Every time he kills somebody, he kind of he puts a scar onto himself, and that's how he's like keeping count. Right. And there's the scene while everyone is freaking out, and he's about to kill like Joffrey. Yep. And then Katie Holmes has like the gut. Like the whole scene for me was just kind of like, like I don't quite know why that's in there. It was in there because it was like here's Batman to the rescue. It just didn't quite feel Sh- right to me. Sure, he's in. They throw him in everything now. Zaz. <laughs> and I don't know why yeah. he's in. He was in Gotham. He was in Birds of Prey. He's he's the right hand man to your boy Ewan McGregor, the the Black Mask. Oh really? But he doesn't ever do anything. Yeah, yeah, he's in that. No. He doesn't ever do anything. He's a creepy character in the sure. comics. He's a great character in the comics, but yeah. it's never, you know, I didn't even know he was in the movies besides this. He was a great character in the Arkham games, too, the video mm-hmm. games. He's really good. Um, and he wasn't bad in Gotham. If you watched, have you watched Barry? No. The movie, what Bar- is that? The show Barry? Okay, he's mm-hmm. in that as well, the same guy. Not bad. Not bad as ass. Um, not given a lot to do. Right. But not bad. All right, so what is your favorite what the fuck moment? I'm going Katie Holmes nipples. You're going Katie Holmes erect nipples. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm going Batman lit on fire. Yeah. Because I remember watching it, like I said, last night. And I was like, fuck, man. That looks, I mean, I understand it's a movie, but I'm like, they really lit this dude on fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really well done, too, because you see the yeah. mask on fire, too. So good for that guy. Lit and him then on jumps fire, out a window. Jump, rolls out the window, falls to the ground, repels back up with the gun, still smoking. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, man, and it, it's a pretty ballsy move by the scarecrow at that point. Right. <laughs> All right. So let me let me let's go off topic a little bit. I want to talk about scarecrow. Is it a smart decision for them to start what they, I don't know if they knew this was going to be a trilogy at the moment, but it's certainly a rebooting of Batman. Is it smart to start with a secondary villain that not a lot of people know about? You ask the casual Batman fan, they know about Joker, Penguin, yep. Catwoman and the Riddler. I would say right. those four, kind of the four that were in the 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 old show. Now I know a lot, the the '60s Batman show didn't have at that point a lot of the characters weren't introduced yet. You know, Clayface, things like that. Yep. But is it smart for them to start with a character that really nobody knows about? Yes, a it, villain. It, it, this is your best option to do this movie with a very secondary bad guy like and and two secondary bad guys because as big as Ra's al Ghul is in the comic books he's not really the nemesis but he's around sure. the great stories but I you know <clears throat> I had a conversation with a very good friend of mine yesterday and it was you know I uh, talking about this movie and it's like all right what's your favorite Batman movie and she comes back with like Batman 1966 and I'm like that's just that's ridiculous Sure, And it's her whole argument, which is a great argument, is like, well, I don't remember that movie for Batman. I remember that movie for the villains. And then if you kind of rewind in all of the Batman movies, sure, like Keaton is part of like that Batman movie, but it is a Jack Nicholson movie. Um, It's a Danny DeVito movie. It's even an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. But the thing is, like the, the villains always outshine Batman, except for this one. Which was a good conscious thought because it was just like, if this is going to be Batman Begins and we're going to reboot the series, the star of this thing needs to be Batman. And like, that's it. So I think it was a brilliant move to kind of do these secondary characters. And then the other thing is they could focus on a little bit more of the mythos and the lore of Batman without having Mm -hmm. to jam in like these special connections to all of these like characters. So great idea. See, so I, I agree with you with a lot of what you said. For me, I look at it this way. They're rebooting Batman after 
you know, two not great Batman films. If you start with the Joker, everybody already thinks of Jack, right? Yep. Right off the bat, you think yep. of Jack. Everybody's already comparing Bale to Keaton and to probably Kilmer at this point. So you're already dealing with that. Do you want to start off with a character that was so iconic as Jack? No. Nope. Then you go into Penguin or Catwoman. Both iconic. Right. Michelle Pfeiffer and DeVito's portrayal of Catwoman and Penguin, iconic. Okay. Right. Then you go into uh, Batman Forever. You can say what you want about the movie. Jim Carrey is a lot of people's standout in that movie. So do you yeah. want to go with the Riddler? No. I don't think you would. No. So I think the reason they started this the way they did with the Scarecrow is they don't want it to be they don't want it to be compared to something that's already been done. They want it to gain its own credibility. Sure. And I'm for it because I think Scarecrow is a great secondary villain. Sure. And I think the scope of what you can do with him is massive. The the only other piece of it, in, and this is just because I'm a giant nerd with this stuff, is that Batman Triumphant, the main character, was supposed to be Scarecrow. So I think maybe the studio had Scarecrow on the brain, mm. but they wouldn't have handled it as well as Christopher Nolan handled it or David Escoyer handled it. So it's it's a great secondary character to go, but on one end, I don't necessarily know it went with that genuine of just like a a genuine reason to do it as much as like, hey, this yeah. was the guy that we were going to use anyway, so we'll just let, that'll be the bad guy. But again, I, these guys spun I, it into a very good way. The Again, the way Nolan is able to weave Dr. Crane into a realistic version of him opposed to, you know, in the animated series, it's a dude walking around, looks like a scarecrow. Sure. Like, you can't have him, like, you can't have that in this movie. Another so great animated that, series character. Great animated series character. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. But you can't have him looking like that in this movie. Yeah. So the way that they have him do it and the way they explain, he explains the mask and how they bring in the League of Shadows with the toxin and he's the middleman, it works so oh, yeah. well. Very well done. Again, very well written movie. And considering the same guy wrote Blade Trinity is really <laughs> pretty amazing. I mean, are you not in for Blade Trilogy? Blade <laughs> Trinity? I'm not in for Blade Trinity. Me I'm either. not in. I'm not. All right. Standout performance. There's one. Oh. I can't go anywhere else. It's Christian Bale for me as Bruce Wayne and as Batman. I have written down here, is he the best Bruce Wayne? We've already discussed that. For me, I think he probably is at this point. What's up with his voice? We kind of discussed that <laughs> as well. There's a lot of people that have issues with his voice. I think more so in the second movie than the first movie. I'm okay with it. He's got to throw his sure. voice. He can't yeah. sound like Bruce Wayne out there. But sometimes he does it too much. I agree, but it's again in the second one, I think more. Yeah, yeah, that's when he goes bananas. Is I, there somebody else you want to add? I have two. Let's hear it. So the first one is Michael Caine. Okay. Um, because, again, the, you kind of get listed Alfreds. And, and Alfreds are important pieces. They're, you know, he, he needs to be supportive. He needs to be interesting. He needs to be capable. Um, but he needs not to kind of, like, take over or, like, be jarring. Um, but I think Michael Caine plays a very good Alfred, like a good companion, father figure, um, you know, somebody that he's rely on, intelligent, like everything kind of makes sense as far as Alfred is concerned. Sure. So I do like Michael Caine in this movie quite a bit. Um, but, and I'm not throwing this name in here to be funny or smart or ridiculous or whatever it is, but it is Gus Lewis. So Gus Lewis was the young Bruce Wayne. 
And I think that kid did an amazing job. And the scene that he like, it was just like, this kid is fantastic, is right <laughs> after the funeral. The, he's like at the window, he waves to young Katie Holmes. And then Alfred comes in and it's like, I'm going to make you a sandwich. And then he, the kid goes into like, it was all my fault. And he just does this amazing performance with Michael Caine. That whole scene breaks my heart. So I really give a lot of credit to that guy. So Gus Lewis, I don't know what the kid's doing right now. He's not a kid anymore. He's probably in his like almost 30s. But like, good job, buddy. All right, two things. One, <laughs> they're not in the movie enough. Alfred, maybe. Uh-huh. Gus Lewis, not for the standout performance. That's rough. Maybe who did the most of the least? But oh, he's not in the enough, movie fair enough. enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Two. This is the difference between you and I. I think that kid's terrible in this movie. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. It's it's he has that same fucking look on his face throughout oh, the whole God. every ep- like he has the whole I'm scared. I'm gonna cry. Look, when he sees the bats, his parents die. I killed my parents. It's the same fucking look. I can't stand that kid in this movie, dude. I love that kid in this movie. I think he's like, he's busting his ass in this movie. Now, Michael Caine in that scene you're talking about breaks my heart. Sure. Okay. So I'm going to go with Christian Bale. Okay. I'll go with Michael Caine. I'll go with Michael Caine. Okay. Let me ask you a question. (laughs) Is it Bruce Wayne's fault his parents died? No. Absolutely it is. It is it Bruce is. Wayne's fault? That no, yeah. it's not. Stop it. Why? If he doesn't if he doesn't get upset at in this movie specifically, I'm not talking yeah. about the whole like mythos yeah, 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 of, of, sure, yeah. of Batman. If he doesn't get upset, yeah. if he doesn't have PTSD, yeah. if he doesn't fall into a well when he's doing shit he shouldn't be doing, okay. they don't have to leave and his, they don't have to leave the opera and his parents get shot. So everything this kid does because he's just being a kid is clearly the reason why his parents got shot. Are you are you saying it's now the way I interpret that is that uh, you're saying it's not his fault because he is a kid. Yes. And I'm, I'm saying, saying it can it still is, be his fault even though he's a kid. It's not his fault he's a kid. These are kid things. This is like that's what kids do. Like that's fine. It is Thomas Wayne's fault that he got okay. shot. Because who the hell goes out the back door of an alley in the middle of crime-ridden Gotham? He could have easily gotten up out of the chair, like up to the front of the theater, go out the main door where you have ushers and people and pedestrians. But no, he chose to go out like this side door that entered into like some weirdo alley. So yeah, no, he screwed that one up. I blame Thomas Wayne in this movie. I mean, I don't have the escape plan like the escape uh, a drawing of how to get out of the fucking opera house so i can't tell you if he went out the front door or the back door okay he went out the back door he out of like he went out of his way to go out that weirdo door to this well, I day as i you as i watched it today it's like why the hell are they going out this door and it's just well it's because too much. They, he goes out they go out the front door and fucking in uh in, in batman he gets shot then too in, in but i thought we were just focused on this I, Batman. we are we are okay. i'm sorry but i'm just saying <laughs> I'm the kid's fault. It's the kid's fault. The guy that his parents get killed. It's a hundred percent his fault. Maybe it was the guy who wrote deflator mouse <laughs> fault for writing deflator mouse, which is what freaked this kid out. I'm just saying it's his I'm fault. Just, all right. All right. 
we agree personally. to disagree. We but I think this is why we, we, we are so different, mm-hmm. is you see it and you're like, oh, it's a kid. It's never their fault. It's never no. the kid's fault. No. For me, kid. I'm not saying I blame the kid. Right. It's his fault. <laughs> or, again, Thomas Wayne could have been his fault, because why the hell didn't you box up that well a little bit better? Like, why didn't, wasn't there a fence around it? Why wasn't there a steel plate on it? Like, come on, Dr. Wayne. Like, figure it out. I'm not, I'm, there we it are. can be, Bru- it can be Thomas Wayne's fault as well. Excellent. But I think it's Bruce's fault. <laughs> All right. Worst performance of the movie. Worst It's Katie Holmes. It's oh, Katie Holmes. Yeah, it is. And the reason it's Katie Holmes is, Katie Holmes isn't terrible, right? She's, she's bad. She's not the worst thing I've ever seen. She's in over her head, man. Yeah. Like when you start looking at who's in this movie, you have a ca- all-time great actors in this movie. Yeah. And then you have the girl from Dawson's Creek. The girl, and this is before Tom Cruise, so this is just the girl from Dawson's Creek, and she's so it, playing it like she's dealing with Dawson. But here's the problem too: is then you see how the character is portrayed in the next movie by an actress who has chops. Mm. And Maggie mm. Gyllenhaal. You cannot like Rachel Dawes, like whatever, however you feel about the character. I don't care about that. But you see both, you see the same character played by two different actors and one having significantly better acting, abil- sure. uh, acting ability. And it just overshadows everything Katie Holmes does in this movie. But there's She's some- bad in this movie, dude. She's bad. She's bad. She's Natalie Portman bad. But there's something about Maggie Gyllenhaal's face that I just can't get past. <laughs> she looks like a sad turtle. Is that what it is? It looks like yeah, a sad yeah. turtle got hit in the face with a pan. But like, and but not she's to still be a shitty. great actor. Yeah, sure, absolutely. But just it's just the weirdness to her. But whatever. That's neither sure. here nor there. So yeah, worst performance. I agree 100 percent. Katie Holmes. She is. There's nothing she does in this movie that's believable. Um, she passed out. I don't even know if that was believable. (laughs) He gave her the sedative and she passed out. That might have been it. All right. Let's go to the next category since we both agree is Katie Holmes. Sure. The Jamie Foxx Award for overacting. Love it. Katie Holmes. Nope. Um, For me, it's Katie Holmes. And the reason I say Katie Holmes is that last scene of the movie with her and Bruce at uh, uh, Wayne Manor. You know, they, oh my God, you're Batman. Yes, I'm Batman. I should have told you earlier, whatever. I've always loved you. She is fucking like, like you said, it looks like she's talking to Dawson. It's so terrible, dude. And then, and it could be directing. She walks away and she looks back and what are you going to do? Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to rebuild it brick by brick. And then she just looks at him like she's looking at Dawson, thinking about Pacey. And then fucking walks away. It's terrible, dude. It's so bad. She was she was feeling uncomfortable about her nipples, and she just it's, felt like she needed to rush the scene. It's Maybe so that's bad. where it was. Who do you got? Tom Wilkinson. No fucking way, dude. Tom so Wilkinson as what's his face as uh, Falcone. Uh, yeah, Carmine there Falcone. Is, he's in the bar scene, and like I get that scene, and I I like how that scene rolls out, but he his accent in it is so over the top and it just doesn't like that's really like every scene that he's in those are the the points of the movie that i'm just like this guy's like acting like it feels like he's acting like katie holmes is like clearly acting but tom wilkinson is an accomplished actor it just he just doesn't pull off um falcone very well i couldn't couldn't disagree (laughs) with you more he's so good in this movie to me 
<laughs> Sorry, buddy. That's who That's I got. Okay. All right, I'm going with Katie it's Holmes. It's mainly the voice. You're going with Tom Wilkinson. Uh-huh. All right, who did the most of the least? This is mm. a stacked category for me. Mm-hmm. Stacked. All right, I got Liam Neeson as Ducard. Whatever. Gary Oldman. Come on. Come on. Gary Oldman. Come on. Morgan Freeman as Lucius Fox. Michael Caine sure. as Alfred. Killian Murphy as the Scarecrow. And, and, and Tom Wilkinson as Carmine <laughs> Falcone. Where's Gus Lewis? Gus Lewis is not going to make this category. Huh? Gus Lewis is terrible. <laughs> Gus, he's throwing Jake Lloyd Ooh. type uh, type fastball, so to speak. <laughs> it's not good. Are you it's an not angel? Good. <laughs> it's a dude. Dude. No, I'm a person and my name is Anakin. Go ahead. <laughs> Who do you got? I got Cillian Murphy. Full stop. Okay. I th- I think for for a main bad guy, quote unquote main bad guy, he's sharing it with uh, Raz Al Ghul. Um, when he's on, we're like we're focused in. Even on the scenes that he's playing, just regular Doctor Crane. When he is playing, like I just like got a whole like whiff of my own gas. The only oh. scene that it doesn't work, <laughs> the only scene that he doesn't work, and it's arguable it's not him, it's the scene, is at the very last scene he's in, he's on the horse for some reason. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then he's trying to kill Joffrey as well. Everyone's trying to kill Joffrey. So, yeah. like, that's the only thing. But, again, when he's on, he is on. Like, he has captured my attention. He's the guy that I feel is doing the most but the least because he doesn't really have much to do. All right, listen. Listen to me. Just listen gotcha. to me here. I'm ready. Morgan Freeman, Lucius Fox, we already said, looks like he's having the best time ever. Okay? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's he's playing playing Morgan Freeman. Sure. Right. He's not doing a ton, but I love watching him on screen. He looks like he's having fun. Michael Caine is Alfred. Great. Yeah. But he's playing Michael Caine. <laughs> Am I wrong? He's Michael Caine. He said, I read in an interview, he said he was playing a British officer that he used to serve underneath like that was cool. his inspiration for Michael for Alfred. Cool, he's playing Alfred. Okay. Killian Murphy is a scarecrow. I agree with you. Complex, multiple levels, playing two characters really, right? Sure. Yep. I'm not giving this award to anybody else but Gary Oldman. <laughs> and the reason is okay. because I've never cared about Gordon in any of the anything, any movie, any adaptation of Batman, anything. Detective Gordon, Commissioner Gordon, it doesn't matter. Commissioner Gordon in Batman and Batman Returns, you know, I don't care about that guy. Schlubby, kind of a joke. Like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Then he's the same in the next two movies, right? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, this is my guy, man. This is, this, This... Gary Oldman portrays Gordon as somebody who is, like, torn between doing good, but also, like, no one's going to listen to me. I want to make a difference, but this town's so fucked up, like... I'm in. And again, we all know how I feel about Gary Oldman. And I think I'm that's that, that's kind of swaying your vote a little bit. Because I, it is. I don't disagree. I think he's a great actor. I think he's great in this. But I think he is swaying your vote a little bit. Let me ask you um, this. Go ahead. Let me ask you this. Is he doing something in this movie that he hasn't done in prior movies? Is he doing something in this movie? Wearing a mustache. That That's about it. No, he's a very talented actor. He's giving you a lot of layers. I, but the the character itself is very morally guided. It's it like I get what you're saying. Like he's on one end, he is like hanging on to his moral compass. He is like he knows what he's what he stands for. And even though you know he knows all these guys are corrupt, 
like he is not going to betray them. But he also sees the problem. He also sees the potential. Like, I get, like, all of that stuff. But, like, I feel like he's in that same category. I think Michael Caine, Gary Oldman, Morgan Freeman, they're all in that same row. Okay, I just think Gary, I think Gary Oldman is playing something in this movie that we haven't seen him play prior. You know, he's, he's been. Is that where you, okay. Yeah, he's, where, where Morgan Freeman's just playing Morgan Freeman. Sure. He's not, there's nothing to differentiate this character than other characters he's played. Same with, I mean, <laughs> Alfred, Michael Caine is playing a little bit of Austin Powers' dad <laughs> in Austin Powers 2. He's playing this. Nigel? A little bit. <laughs> You're right. I cannot quote at the moment um, Gary Oldman playing James Gordon in any other movie other than this movie. Now, besides the obvious ones, did you see who originally what character Nolan wanted Oldman to play in this movie? No, that I didn't say. He wanted him to play Ra's al Ghul or Descartes. Ah, really? And then he, yep. And then originally Chris Cooper. Was gonna play Gordon. Who's Chris Cooper? Character actor. He's been a lot of stuff. Most the thing that comes to mind right off the bat is he's Ben Affleck's dad in uh, the. What's the? I can't even think of it right now. What's the movie I love where they uh, they're bank robbers? The Town. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Oh, I got him. I got him. I got him. Bunch of stuff. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's in in a. What's that? He was in the Joker. Wasn't he Thomas Wayne in the Joker? No. No, No, you. That looks. Looks very similar. Very similar. Not the same guy. Gotcha. All right. I'm looking at his face right now. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So you're going to go with, it sounds like, Killian Murphy. I'm going with Gary Oldman. Let me ask you another question. Sure. You mentioned that there are two villains in this movie. League of yeah. Shadows mm-hmm. and Scarecrow. Scarecrow. Sure. Are the League of Shadows actually villains? No. Ra's al Ghul is the villain. Ra's al Ghul is the one who is manipulating the League of Shadows. Okay, just lump him in with the League of Shadows. Is what they want oh. to do actually that bad? Yeah, they... I mean, <laughs> yes. Okay. So what they're what they're trying to do in their kind of twisted version of justice is to have Gotham City implode on itself because Gotham is completely lost. Sure. Whereas Batman's point is that it is not lost; it can still be saved. There are still good people here. Sure. As proof of his parents. Because that was like the whole bit was like we were trying economics to actually, you know, destroy Gotham. But then your parents came in and then, you know, kind of was figuring it out. And then your parents' death actually inspired the other kind of rich and to-dos to pour more money into Gotham. So they were kind of figuring it out. So, yeah. No, they're they're the bad guys. So the League of Shadows has a little bit of course correction, right? They want to course correct when when these these, uh, civilizations become over... I don't know, you know, you kind of think of like Thanos, right? Where it's like yep. overpopulated, they're killing the Earth, we need to course correct it. With with uh, Gotham, they've become too much, they're destroying everything, too many criminals, like we're just going to tear it down and rebuild it. I don't know if that's such a bad thing. <laughs> that's a pretty get, dark perspective. Well, I get that, I get all the innocents are going to die, right? I get all I mean, this. there's that. There's, that's a bad thing. That's a bad thing. But I can also understand why it needs to be done. There needs to be some purging. Uh-huh. Right? Okay. Because if you think about it, think about the, the Dark Knight trilogy in its totality. Yeah. 
How Got it. from the start of this movie till the end of Dark Knight Rises, how many years are we talking about? I, I would assume ten, maybe. 10, 15, 20, somewhere in there, right? Because sure. Bruce Wayne is leaves for a while because they think that he killed Harvey Dent, right. and then he gets his back broken, but somehow is okay from his back broken in like six months, which is the biggest issue in that whole movie. But I digress. <laughs> uh-huh. It takes him 10 years, and how many innocent people die at that time? How many people did Bane kill? Right? right. How many people did the Joker kill? Sure. I mean, you let, you let the League so- of Shadows do it. So the number would have been a hundred times more. So even still, you're not, they're talking about having everybody rip themselves apart from their own insanity. Like that was the whole plan. It wasn't even like a new set. And I mean, if you want to argue, um, what's her face is Ra's al Ghul's daughter. Yeah. Had at least the idea of like a nuclear explosion that'll wipe out all of Gotham in one shot. The one that the league of shadows is suggesting is like, these people are going to like eat each other's faces. Which I feel well, like is a little bit more violent. There's a bit of like survival of the fittest, right? <laughs> like Whose you're gonna face have is toughest. You're gonna have the people who are like who have done the most survive, and maybe those are the people then you want to rebuild your uh, your town on. I'm just saying, man. I'm just saying. You know, with the sounds bad. Like Battlestar Galactica. Never seen it. Never even heard of it. <sighs> Stop it! Stop it! All right. Next category. Does this still hold up? Right. This movie's 15 years old. Or there's aspects of this movie that maybe don't hold up anymore. So watching it, I thought right off the bat, diversity, right? But not true. Morgan Freeman's in it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But it's not a great amount of diversity, right? Like I could do with a little bit more diversity. Oh my God. Yeah. But the second thing that bothers me (laughs) the most is the gentleman who plays Flass, who is Mark Boone Jr., who is the guy who is working with Gordon. He's got like the weird fucking long hair. Oh, the dude from Sons of Anarchy? For the dude from Sons of Anarchy. Okay. If you see him now, he looks about 200 and walks with a cane. <laughs> I don't know what happened between this, then Sons of Anarchy, he looks terrible as well. Uh-huh. Now he looks like he's literally going to die. Oh. So I'm just saying, it, it bums me out because you see him in this 15 years ago, super young looking, spry, running around talking about falafel. <laughs> and then now One he looks many like flaffles. he's like half dead. No, yeah. Sorry, so I'm going to say diversity, and then Mark Boone Jr. Do you have no. anything? The only thing that dates this movie, because I think this movie is actually very well dated, because it it's nothing too modern and it's nothing too um, old. Yeah. But it's it's Katie Holmes. Everything that Katie Holmes is in is what makes it so dated, including her cell phone. There's a, there's a scene she has her cell phone out, and it's just, it feels very Dawson's Creek. Okay. I don't want to sing. What's the name? What is the song? I don't, I don't want to wait for our lives to be over. Yeah, yeah. We don't need that. You we don't, don't want all that. that? It's Paula no, Cole. I'm good. Is it? Paula I'll take Cole. your word for it. I think I saw her at a Lilith Fair. No big deal. I'm sure you did. No big deal. (laughs) All right. For me, it's diversity. It sounds like for you, it's Katie Holmes. Katie Holmes is my biggest issue. I would say she's going to be the big winner of this podcast because she's going to take the most categories. But I don't think that's a good thing. (laughs) She's sweeping. All right. Next category. This still holds up. So things that you watch, you're like, this still works right now. The fact that uh, Jack Gleason, Joffrey, is in it. Still yeah. works because I still want to punch that little fucker in the face. 
every time I see him. Even with his every little time. innocent doe eyes in this, like, I Lisa, just, don't kill me with your giant horse with fire coming out of its nose. I just want to see someone punch that little fucking kid oh, right in the face. Oh, my goodness. So you really wanted Batman to hit him in the face with the telescope rather than giving him the telescope. That's what Every time he's on screen, I just hope someone punches him. <clears throat> that little fucking Joffrey can't stand him. Poor All right. Joffrey. Uh, anytime Scarecrow is on the screen, I think that they did the visual effects for him. The mask, everything is still perfect. Yeah, so good. Works. So that holds up. And then my last is just this version of Batman. This is, yeah. I think, everybody's idea of what Batman is now. This is the pedestal to which all other Batmans have to, to have to reach. Sure, it's not Keaton anymore. Unfortunately, it's not Kilmer. It's not Clooney. No, no. It's it's. Christopher Nolan and his Christian Bale. Right. Keaton's here. Keaton will always be here, but like I That's fine. Yeah. I what do you got? You got you got anybody anything you want to add to that? This still holds up? No, I absolutely it 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 has a noir kind of feel to it. Um sure. that there is just like Batman the animated series does, like there seems to be some old and some new kind of poured into it. Um, other than Katie Holmes and the cell phone, like that's my biggest issue. Other than that, you could watch. I'm very happy watching this 15 years later, and just kind of assuming it just came out a couple of years ago. So this sure. movie holds up 100. percent All right. So I have a, a question for you, not on the list of questions. Ooh, is Christian Bale better in Batman Begins than he is in The Dark Knight? Christian Bale is the best in this movie, in my humble opinion in comparison to the other two. So I think this is the best Batman Christian Bale we get. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. I, Dark Knight obviously is a better movie. Um, and is it? I think so. I do think so. Um, yeah. I think this is a prettier movie. I think visually it's more interesting, but I think Dark Knight as a whole is a better movie. Dark Knight Rises, like, I'm, I don't hate it as much as you hate it. Um mm. But, like, I don't love it. It's definitely on the bottom end of this whole yeah. thing. But I don't remember those two movies for Christian Bale. This movie, I remember Christian Bale. So then, my and I, I completely agree. So he's better in this. He's the best in this movie out of the trilogy. My second question was going to be, is Batman Begins better than Dark Knight? Which you said no. Let me make my case why, my, why it might be. No, wait. I said yes. But I think Dark Knight is the lesser of the bunch. So I think Batman no. Begins... Oh, no, I'm you sorry. think Dark Knight Rises is the lesser. The oh, Dark Knight is the... correct. My mistake. The, yeah. My mistake. Yeah. I go Dark. I go Dark Knight. Batman Begins. Dark Knight Rises. Okay. So let me make a plot. case on why Batman Begins might be better than Dark Knight. I'm listening. So Dark Knight is amazing, right? And it's amazing because of Heath Ledger. That's yeah. the reason. It's not amazing yeah. because of uh, Christian Bale. It's not amazing because of. Uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal. It's definitely not amazing because of Aaron Eckhart. Okay, you have a real problem in that movie. The end of that movie, the last forty minutes of that movie, is pretty bad. The scene on the boat where the two boats are there and you have to pick—that sure. is—I don't give a fuck about that, <laughs> like at all. I think that's a pretty. You take a movie that's been pretty great, and then that scene, and then the. Obviously, the way they wrap up the Joker's story arc and then the way they wrap up uh, Two-Face, it doesn't feel great. It doesn't feel like a, a cohesive story. It feels like they were running out of time and couldn't really figure out what to do. Okay, You don't get that in Batman Begins. Batman Begins is a complete story, start 
to finish. Sure. First act, second act, third act. You don't sure. really have that law. Some yeah. people cannot like the idea of the trains and what's going to happen and where, where they're going to go with it and the fight between Ducard and Batman, but whatever. He has an idea and they're going to execute it. I feel like they ran out of steam in The Dark Knight. Now, I love The Dark Knight, and I would say that I think The Dark Knight is a better movie, but I'm not 100% certain having just watched it. I think The Dark Knight is a series of amazing scenes featuring okay. Heath Ledger. Okay. I All right, so there's there's a lot there, so let me let me deal with all that. <clears throat> sure. Um Aaron Eckhart I enjoy as Two-Face. I think he sure. brings something to that movie. Um, you know, I I he it's it's Heath Ledger's movie, it's a Joker movie. But I think that version of Two-Face is a great version of it. And I think they intertwine those two characters very well that they still remain independent from each other, but still reliant on each other. Um, and the idea of that how Two-Face becomes Two-Face with like, here's the two bombs and like, you go this way, I'm going to go this way. And like how that whole choice thing had to make that really, I, I think that great, that whole sequence is great. That whole writing is great. Mm. When you get to the ferries, because it needs to be kind of like, all right, well, he got away with this. So like, what's his next thing? It is more of a point that they're trying to make with him more than anything else. And there's really, you know, from that moment on, do they is he in the jail after the explosion? He's, he's or, in the jail right prior to the yeah, he's in the jail prior to the explosion between Two-Face and and uh, uh Rachel. That's right, when he's yeah. in the jail and he's only in the jail at that point to be able to get the Asian guy out who is the right. uh money launderer. Right. So you again, a good argument could be like that last little bit of just like, hey, we have to wrap this up. We have to wrap this up is not great. And and it, it's not as strong as the middle of the movie. But again, there's a couple of mo points that are being made there. Sure. Sure. Um, so but I, 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 I Batman Begins. I, I agree. It, it does feel very much more fluid. The only scene that stalls for me a little bit is the Tumblr kind of like chase scene through Gotham that everybody dies. There's a little podcasting moment in there just of just like this does seem to be going on for a little bit. I got to be honest. Sure. I noticed that more today than anything else. It was the one scene. It was like it feels like it was an action scene that was dumped in there because they're like, hey, we need a big chase scene. Let's put it in. Yeah, it, it feels long, but they have that yeah. same scene in Dark Knight. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Dark Knight, again, not a great movie. Interesting villain. Interesting things that they did. Overall, not as memorable as the other two. No, I'm talking about Dark Knight, not Dark Knight Rises. I keep fucking it up. I keep <laughs> fucking it up. So, yeah, okay. Dark Knight has that same scene with where uh, Joker is in the semi. Oh, right, right, right. Yep. Or no, I'm sorry, not Joker's in the semi. They're, they're down they're, in, like, they're, he's chasing, the cops are chasing the him tunnels. through, like, the tunnels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it ends up being Gordon who's driving after they think Gordon's dead. Sure. That's where they capture him. Uh, I don't mind Eckhart in that movie. I prefer Eckhart as Har Harvey Dent. I don't know that I needed him to go full-fledged Two-Face and then have, like, they try to complete his story arc in one movie. Yeah. I would have much rather see Eckhart live, Two-Face live into the third movie. And give him the entire third movie? At least portion of it. Yeah. Yeah. So that was just my question. Yeah. I still think The Dark Knight is a better movie. I would rather – I enjoy watching The Dark Knight more, yeah. and nobody's going to – everything pales in comparison to Ledger's performance. Sure. 
but I don't know that it's a better story, if that makes sense. It does make sense. And yeah. it, as far as a look is concerned, as far as we were talking before about an aesthetic, Batman Begins kind of stands alone in the aesthetic than the other two. Like there sure. is a feel the to that movie yeah, in the scope, 100%. All right, next category. Would this movie be better if Gary Oldman is in it? And if so, who would he play? I, I mean, we're good. He's in the well, movie? Well, here is my here's my kind of question for that. If, sure. If it's not going to be Gary Oldman as James Gordon, so since Gary Oldman's in it, who else would play Gary Oldman? Who would play Gordon? Well, who would play Gordon and would fit in this movie? I mean, I like the idea of Chris Cooper being in it. I mean, I th- that... that felt interesting to me i think you have to have a character actor and you have to have somebody who is maybe a little understated and is older Mm -hmm. um to be in it oldman feels like the perfect casting though so off the top of my head i don't have somebody else i would add in there um if there is something if we're going to go with an older version of commission or uh, james gordon maybe where he's already commissioner i could see morgan freeman playing that part that's interesting sure yeah I got well. I got three. Yeah, I'd love I it. I got so again because I watch it a little bit of Blue Bloods. Tom Selleck, as far as a look is concerned, we could throw Tom Selleck in there. That's just the look. I don't know if Tom Selleck can't pull that one off. The look is there though. Rob, why are you watching Blue Bloods? I don't know. Second, Keaton may not be crazy to throw in as James Gordon on this thing. If anything, it is fan uh, service. If anything, yeah. he's jammed in there, but. You know, to give him more than a cameo and give him something to build with, maybe he does do something in it. Just say it. Again, not my can final I, choice, but, like, interesting choice. Can I ask you a question about Keaton? Sure, sure. Has Michael Keaton ever played something understated? No. No. <laughs> okay. This character has to be understated. Uh, fair enough. And Oldman Wh- does that. Yeah. Which will lead me to my final version, who I think would be a good Commissioner Gordon in this movie, Brian Cranston. I love it. Yeah. I, th- I think that would be a good mixture of understated, kind of morally correct, um, you know, just the presence, everything. I think that would work well with him. I'm in. Okay. Sign me up. Got it. If, if, if Oldman plays Ra's al Ghul, yeah. which originally was offered, yeah. I'm in. Brian Cranston, I'm in. And you know who else got Ra's al Ghul, who was offered it, was uh, Vigo Mortensen. Nah, I'm out. You're out. No Vigo on Razal Ghul. I'm not I don't I don't mind Vigo, right? But I don't I don't know that Vigo Mortensen can portray like not intelligence. That sounds terrible. But but sophistication almost. Interesting. Okay. Liam Neeson as Ducard when he comes in and he meets Bruce that first time in the cell feels like he's important. Right, like a nobility is associated with him. Yeah, he's very yeah. refined. Sure, sure. I don't get that with Vigo Mortensen. Vigo Mortensen always looks like he has to take a shower. <laughs> like he should have taken a shower yesterday. That's what Vigo Mortensen always looks like to me. But a great actor. Great actor. Always great. I'm always very pleased with a Vigo Mortensen performance. But does um, he not look like he needs to take a shower? Constantly. Constantly. History of Violence. You know, History of Violence is such uh, a great movie. Did not like oh, History of Violence. Uh, For well, real? I watched History of Violence when it came out in the theater. Oh. And yeah. uh, I was, what, 19 maybe? 20? <laughs> uh-huh. I didn't get it. 
Gotcha. I didn't understand it. And I, f- Maria Bello makes me uncomfortable in that movie. Yeah. How but about Ed Harris? Proceed. Proceed with your history of violence. No, it was a history. Like I, that I feel that movie is a great movie. I think it does showcase how good of an actor he is. I think that movie mm-hmm. has its twists and turns. I mean, it's been a good twelve years since I've seen it. Sure. Um, and again, Ed Harris. I'm a sucker for a good Ed Harris movie, even though I don't like really Westworld. I couldn't get into Westworld, but whatever. Yeah, for whatever reason, it, it made me uncomfortable. Oh, got you. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Most memorable line. Yeah. I got a few. Oh, okay, cool. And I thought I wouldn't have any, but I got a few. Let's do it. I'm not I'm not gonna put in the whole the whole uh mo- uh monologue from your boy Falcone. <laughs> because know, that's a lot. Uh just because you apparently don't like it. No. Uh but you so would I'm agree go... this is this is a not this is not an easy movie to quote. No. Yeah. Coming in coming in, I was like, there's no quotes from this movie. Right. But I got a couple. All right. All right. So I have, uh, tell us, Mr. Wayne, what do you fear? From Ducard, I think is a good line. Uh, One of my favorite lines that I do remember from the movie from Alfred, you can borrow the rolls if you'd like. (laughs) Just make sure you bring it back with a full tank. That made me laugh. (laughs) One from my guy, Gary Oldman, as a Jim Gordon, in in a town this bent, who's there to rat to anyway? When, When Flass is telling him, hey, you're making us nervous by not taking any money. Probably my favorite line, and it's the one that makes me laugh every time, is Lucius when he says, when ba- when uh, Bruce Wayne asks him, hey, what's that? And he says, oh, the tumbler? You wouldn't be interested in that. <laughs> and it's the way, it's completely the way that Morgan Freeman delivers it. Yeah. It's amazing. Oh, It's uh, almost like Red is delivering it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's talking to Andy. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, again, one of my favorites from Falcone, uh, don't burden yourself with the secrets of scary people. Yeah. Great line. Which is, I think, a great a great line. Sure. Do you have any you would like to add? I mean, I got a couple in here. This this was a tough category, and usually you know I'm pretty good on movie quotes. Sure. Um, the, the most obvious Batman Begins movie quote is, Swear to me! Like, that one I feel like everyone's <laughs> going to get. Um, I think you just blew out everybody's ears, that's too. That's okay. Sorry about that. I do, I'm looking at my garage band. <laughs> I totally blew out garage band. Um... There's a line very early in the movie when Bruce Wayne is approached by some guy in the prison and he's like, this is hell and I'm the devil. And he's like, you're not the devil, you're practice. I think that's kind of a memorable line. Uh, Your boy Falcone, when Bruce Wayne finally goes into the bar, he says, no gun, I'm insulted. You could have at least sent me a thank you note, which I think was kind of funny. (laughs) Um, And then the only other thing I got in here is we talked about this before. Um, At the end of the movie... Um, the bat signal is on, and Batman says, nice, and Jim Gordon says, I couldn't find any mob bosses, which I thought was kind of funny. Yep, right before the Joker card. Yep, but it's it it's a tough movie to quote. I agree. I'm going to go with the, uh, oh, the Tumblr, you wouldn't be interested in that, yeah, just because I love the way he delivers that. Yeah. Fun. I'll All right, go which s- one's yours? I'm going to swear, swear to me. <laughs> swear, swear to me! To <laughs> All right, the Samwise Gamgee Award for Biggest Wet Blanket. Oh, my There's God. one. Of course there it's is. Rachel, it's Rachel Dawes. A hundred percent. You couldn't. This is one of those things we could almost rename the award for her because she's a <laughs> negative Nancy through the whole damn thing. Uh, all right, let's just go to the next category then. Yep. Movie real estate, best place to live. Love there are it. two for me. It's Wayne Manor. Sure. Or it's the League of Shadows Mountain Resort. <laughs> 
You got to climb up that they, damn mountain, though. You got to get there. But I mean, you see those views? Yeah, those views are beautiful. Living on the side beautiful. of a glacier, very nice. Beautiful. What do you got? You got? You got I got, you I got Wayne Manor. Wayne Manor is beautiful. I couldn't agree more. Yep. But I also sure. have Falcone's Bar. So even though it's supposed to be like a dumpy <laughs> bar, it's really nice. Between like everything is very beautifully stained wood. It has great lighting in there. So like you I'm see in... where you got to go to get there. That's all right. That's all right. I got two guys in the front. That's fine. But like Falcone's <laughs> Bar, really nice. So I'm going okay. there. I'm going League of Shadows Mountain Resort because. Yeah. You're not going to get any probably Wi-Fi up there, right? <laughs> Your cell reset. But like, are you kidding me? You're not getting beautiful. anything up there. Maybe a goat. It's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What do you wish there was more of? Um, I have one thing, and you're not going to like it. It's Carmine Falcone. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It, it's just it for me. It's <laughs> it's his use of the accent. I just. I'm with you. I'm a sucker for Tom Wilkinson, so. Yeah, and fair enough, fair enough. What do you got? You got something? I got more, I need more detective Batman. Just yeah. give me yep. Batman, like, one. going into the stuff and, like, getting into the minutia of it. And, and let's see the process of it. Again, where Batman is supposed to be the detective, let it be the detective. I would be okay with not necessarily more Batman detective, but let me learn how he becomes a detective. Sure. Like, what is his inspiration? What is his great ghost? Those are different skills than what the League of Shadow has. Sure. League of Shadows is like, how do I kick somebody's ass? By right. being quiet. Secretly. Yeah. All right. Next category, simply the best. Is this the best any of these people, things, places have been? Okay. Here we go. Christian Bale. Is this the best he's ever been in anything? For me, no. I, I, I hang on to American Psycho. I think that is his, like... That's his movie for me. Okay. How about you? Christopher Nolan. For me, Christian Bale is not the best he's ever been in this. This and probably this is probably the the thing I'd rather watch the most, though. But I don't think this is his best acting performance. He's not asked to do much. Christopher Nolan. I mean, just based on our discussion, we have to assume Christopher Nolan's best is going to be Dark Knight. But, you know, this is... I think this is Christopher Nolan at his best because he's setting up the world in this movie. It's not his sure. best movie, but it may be at his best. Okay. How's that? Uh, I disagree. I, I think that's a great answer. I think Dark Knight is his best. Mm. Uh, Liam Neeson. <laughs> no. Liam Neeson's best movie is Phantom Menace. No, I'm only kidding. Liam Neeson's <laughs> best movie is Schindler's List. You can <laughs> Uh, I agree. There's many other movies he's better yeah. in than this. Sure. Uh, Gary Oldman. Oh. I got to be honest. Like, I again, I don't have that level of affection for Gary Oldman. So, like, to me, this is this is my Gary Oldman. Like, it's this or, like, Dracula. <laughs> or the fifth element. <laughs> so, it's like, in, in my opinion, and I can't even say it's... It, no, you can't, because Gary Oldman's too talented to kind of all pin it on this thing. So, yeah, I can't say that. I, cu- I couldn't tell you what it is, but it's not this. Okay, so for me, again, my favorite Gary Oldman performance is True Romance. Mm-hmm. Um, this is probably what he's most famous for, or Serious Black. Actually, he's probably more famous for, for Serious Black. But if you're going to talk about, like, Peak of the Mountain, this yeah. might be it for him. Oh, as far as sure. his, like, his big... You yeah. know, stand out, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, probably. All right. Two more. Gotham City. 
Gotham City. Is this the best Gotham City we've seen in a, in a movie? Yeah, yeah, this is it. Yeah, it, the the other stuff is so fictionalized. Um, it gets silly, I think, and you'll love this. There's there was a start in Batman Returns when they start like incorporating like statues into buildings into like the actual architecture that yep. is kind of like it peaked in Batman and Robin to like a ridiculous level. And why I think that architecture is interesting, it's not like great. But in these movies, in particular this one, because the other movies feel just like, hey, it's exclusively Chicago. But there's something about this movie between them kind of going into the underworld and dealing with the Narrows. Um, this felt more like a true Gotham City than the other ones did. So, yeah, I'll say this is the best Gotham City we got. So I think the best Gotham City we've ever gotten is in the Arkham video games because you get to explore more of it. So you see more of it. Gotcha. So that's going to be a random answer, but sure. I, I, that's how I feel. Sure. Um, last question, which I already know the answer to for you. Batman. Best Batman. <sighs> Heart my heart belongs to Michael Keaton. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I think this is the best Batman we've seen on screen. Sure. Not. I. I mean, I'm still gonna go with uh, with uh, Conroy, but yep. if we're talking about just just movies, I think this is the best Batman movie we've seen and, for and Batman. I, I and I agree with that. It's it, as far as that is concerned. If like we're really kind of comparing the movies, like yes, he's the best Batman we got. Um. But it's again, it's it's hard to say. It's hard to say anything other than Keaton. Sure. All <laughs> right, two more categories to go. Do it. Whose movie is it? Oh, it's Christian. So I have three people. Oh, I was gonna say I have Christian Bale. Sure. I have Christopher Nolan. Then oh. I have Batman. Huh. And the reason I have Batman is because this is what has started the. I don't know that we have Marvel if we don't have this. I don't know if we have every the all the dark adaptations of comic book movies if we don't have this. Sure. So is this kind of the peak for Batman? Is this like, do you identify Batman with this movie? I would say no. I think that there's other things you identify him for. I don't think this is like what you, what you, what you think about what you go back to. I don't think it's this movie. So, but I th want to throw him in there. So Chris, uh, Christian Bale, Christopher Nolan, Batman, feel free to throw somebody else in there if you have something. It's Christian Bale's movie. A hundred percent. This is like, he's the focus of the movie. He is the person I think of the most with this movie. Um, Christopher Nolan, like I get it. And, he, and, and again, he's, I mean, it's his movie. So how do you not? I think there was 128 shooting days. There was no second unit. He shot everything. Like it was exclusively his movie. Right. Um, but again, I, I, I go back to Christian Bale. Your idea of like Batman, like the, you know, what most people, when they visualize Batman in their head, um, this is maybe where they got, or at least the beginnings of, of what most people kind of go back to. And it's funny as you're kind of saying it, I got like in my periphery, I got your dark Knight poster that you gave me. Well, you got to me. Um, right. and I have a Frank Miller print on the wall of Batman, um, dark Knight returns. And then I have a, an action figure of like Michael Keaton, as Batman. <laughs> so I got it all within my view right now, which is kind of funny. Um, sure. But it's, it, that's a, that's a hard, hard thing to, um, to kind of do because like, again, if when I first saw that poster, I think my answer would have been a just visually, it would just been like, Oh my God, it's a Batman. It totally feels like a Batman movie. Um, 
But I don't know. It's it's an interesting debate that I was not prepared for. But my answer is Christian Bale, his movie. I agree with you. I think it's Christian Bale. Gotcha. Undoubtedly. Um, All right. So one other question before the last category. Is this the least Christopher Nolan, Christopher Nolan movie? (laughs) No, I think um, Dark Knight Rises is probably the least. That was the one that he had the more pressure to, uh, to do something with. But, you know, again, because now my brain's kind of back on that other spot. You had, when this movie came out, you did have the X-Men movies that were trying to do something. Sure. Um, You do have the Spider-Man movies. And again, Mm. Spider-Man 2 really gave us hope. Um, So I wonder if, and I don't know the timeline, I can't think of the years off the top of my head, but they're all in that same neighborhood. But I almost kind of go back to Spider-Man 2. And then we kind of get this Batman movie and, you know, and then we start kind of getting into the Marvel movies. Like there, there is some shuffling in there in the early 2000s of like what movie it is that kind of sparks this whole thing. I heard somebody give me a pretty good argument over Blade. Like Blade was the movie that really sparked this kind of superhero revolution. You can think that Blade sparked the superhero revolution, right? You can think that Spider-Man did, but none of those movies are as good as this movie. As a quality cinematic movie, I agree. 100%. Yeah, that's that that would be a hard I, thing to sell. I know you lament for Spider-Man 2 and Spider-Man. Sure. They're not good. Oh. They don't hold up. Like you can watch them now, they're not good. To your credit, I have not seen Spider-Man like sat down and watched Spider-Man 2 in at least 5 years. I just watched it within the last like probably 10 days randomly because it was on. It's not good. And it could be because I like despise Kristen Dunst and Tobey Maguire. Well, there you go. In those movies. I think that they are, they're just terrible. They, those movies are very campy. Sure. And I understand they made a ton of money, man, like ungodly amount of money. And that came out in 2004. Okay. I don't think that those, and I think that having, you can say because those are almost instantly rebooted into the Andrew Garfield versions. They didn't have the lasting impact that this movie, this trilogy had right. on comic book movies going forward. Sure. And the sad I think part this is, is that our follow up to this trilogy is freaking Superman versus Batman. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no lessons learned. I, uh, no, I think that this is the least Christopher Nolan, Christopher Nolan movie. And I say this, and having said, I'm not a massive Christopher Nolan fan because this is the most complete story that he has put out. Start to finish, quality story. Dark Knight, you get that as well. Dark Knight Rises goes off the rails. Prestige, which I love, is you know has cut some some loose ends. Um, Memento is great. That's that's super early. Yeah. But his, you think of him as someone who's who is such a talented writer and director that everything is airtight. And it is yeah. not. Yeah, fair He enough. has so many holes, plot holes in his movies. It's not even funny. And I'm, it's funny. It, it almost gets worse as he goes further along. Because I remember Memento is a pretty solidly contained movie. Super solid movie. Yeah. Now, I haven't watched that movie in so long. Yeah. And obviously, I don't know if that movie, a little bit of the luster wears off once you know the ending. Mm-hmm. But, but sometimes right. you wait long enough, you forget the journey as you kind of get there. So maybe it is long enough that you could give it another watch. Agreed. All right. Last question. Got last it. category. Love it. We end all these podcasts the same way. Batman Begins, 84% critics, 94% audience on Rotten Tomatoes, underrated, overrated, properly rated. 
my humble opinion, very appropriately rated. Like, I okay. think that's that's exactly where it needs to be. You average it out. It is a high B. Um, again, I think there's a level of affection for um, just your your viewers because there's a level of, like, there's a lot of forgiveness that goes along with Batman. Um, and critics are always critics. And I think that number is high <laughs> for, again, in those days. Again, it's it, because the, those numbers are so, like, those aren't the numbers from 2005. They're the numbers now. So you have to compare this movie compared to like everything else. Um, I think if we were talking about this in 2006, um, that critic number would be higher. But anyway, regardless, mm. I think this is very appropriately rated. So I would say taking the numbers out, I, we usually we really just have the numbers in here as a you know a starting point, sure. right? A talking point. I think this movie is underrated, and the reason I think it's underrated is because everybody only thinks about this trilogy. And you think about Dark Knight, and then you think about Dark Knight Rises, especially Bane and Dark Knight oh, Rises. Sure. I don't think this movie gets its shine in the trilogy. So for that reason, I think it's underrated. That's a good point. That is a good point, because rarely do you hear people talk about this particular movie. Everything is always yeah. Dark Knight. And then Dark Knight Rises as like the redheaded stepchild of the, of the bunch. Yeah, you're right. Right, right, right. All right, buddy. Yeah. But anyway, it's it's a great movie. I love this movie. I think this is a very this movie made me happy for the reason why this movie resonated with me was because it related so much to the comic books and to the mythos and the the you know the story of Batman that we feel were never really kind of talked about or kind of brought up and the animated series did its best to bring that stuff up, but this movie, I think, did a little bit more with it. I think it's a beautifully shot movie. We will never get a movie as pretty as this one as far as a Batman movie is concerned. I agree with everything you just said. Nice. This movie uh, could have been terrible, Yep. and it wasn't. Mm -mm. I think that's the easiest thing to say. We had had a run of not great Batman movies up to this point, and this movie, you know, course-corrected, to the point where, since, we have not had good Batman movies. Since this trilogy, we have, again, not had good Batman movies. So, I'm hopeful for the, you know, the Matt, the, the Matt Reeves version going to be coming out. The Battinson? The Battinson, but I don't know. We'll see. Fingers crossed, man. I mean, it's, I... Got, it's got a murderous row of cast. The cast is, is, is pretty ridiculous. So. Very, very much like this movie, I have no expectations for that movie. So, it could only go up. Yeah. All right. All right, Bobby. Yeah. I said, hey, what podcast do you want to do? Nice. We agreed on Batman Begins. I'm pumped it was you and I. Nice. I know you enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Love it. And uh, we'll do it again, okay? Excellent. All right, buddy. Take care. See you. All right, everyone. That is our Batman Begins podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I would love, love, love to know what everyone thinks about Batman Begins, Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises. I'd love to know kind of your ranking, you know, what you think is the best, what you think is the worst. If you like this trilogy, if you think it's true to to Batman, um, I would love to know. You can always give us a follow on Instagram at The Morning Geekdom, Facebook and Twitter at Morning Geekdom. You can always shoot us an email, themorninggeekdom at gmail.com. Thanks to Rob for being on. Uh, I know he's a trooper. Uh, 1 a.m. his time so thank you buddy appreciate it we always ask for those five-star reviews on apple Podcasts. so if you could do that that would be awesome that helps the podcast grow great review subscribe on any of the platforms you're listening to us on 
We will do it again next week. Shout out to Gary Oldman.